Good morning. How are you? Good morning. We have a number. Good morning. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I want them answered immediately. Who who is your daddy, and what is? Who he is your daddy, and what does he do? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that. Put that cookie down. Put that cookie down. Stop it. Put that cookie down. Put that cookie down. I, I'm trying to remember. Hello, that. everybody, and welcome to Under Schwartz Analysis. Um, <laughs> Under Schwarzenegger's Under Schwarzenegger's Where by the power of the Schwartz, you can you too can battle Dark Helmet. Get to the pasta. Yeah, I think that's what people are screaming at us at this point. <laughs> Hi everybody. I'm David. With me tonight are Alan. Hello everybody. Kayla. I can sketch. And- Sorry. It's all right. Apparently, I'm not here today. I said your name. But Alan responded instead. Do I need so to be again? Cast, the entire cast of the Undercooked Analysis podcast will be played by Alan today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's like asking my nieces my uh, what their favorite movie is or what they watch all the time. My older brother said to me once, uh, hey, uh, can you tell your Uncle David what... Uh, uh, what movies you like to watch? And she was kind of shy, like, well, we like to watch Frozen. And sometimes we watch Frozen. <laughs> Occasionally we watch Frozen. <laughs> anyway. God damn. Yeah. Hi, Alan guys. And Alan. And Alan. And Kayla. Hi, Kayla. Hi. And returning for his second outing with us, he's a cool guy who does cool things. <clears throat> Mike McDee. Hi, folks. Hello, Internet. This is Mike McDee once again. The best alternative to drowning yourself in the toilet. Um, okay. I don't have a good follow-up for that. <laughs> which is, which is great, because my plans for tonight were to drown myself in the toilet. So. Uh, oh, great. I'm glad. Really? My, my plan was to drown myself in the drain. Well, I'm glad you're all here, because this is, in fact, an intervention. <laughs> Damn it. Trying to stop Alan's dad from making so much pizza. Because <laughs> that's what he does for a living. He makes pizzas. He makes everything pizza, apparently. Um, now, you might, you list, uh, sharp-eared listeners may notice there is a conspicuous absence from this particular podcast. And they're going to say, David, did you fire Dead Palette again? And I'm going to say, no. In fact, I have not. He's not with us right now because he's either sleeping or playing Overwatch. Probably Most both. likely playing Overwatch. Or both. He's going <laughs> to say no because he's legally required not to say yes. Yes. No? He could be doing both, though. He could. With his feet. He's got a controller and he's sleeping and playing Overwatch with his feet because that's how good he is at the game. <laughs> toes are just flying. Uber, mac- Uber micro on his keyboard with his toes. I don't know why that image came to my mind. It just amuses me. Anyway, because he's not here... And because we have this rule, and because uh, where we can't read the author's story if the author himself is here, I, now is as good a time as any to read the one creepypasta story that I think Dead Palette has written, but not done a video or adaptation of. It is known simply as Bishop Selby. 
Now, before we begin, <laughs> do we have any preliminary thoughts about this? The fact that this is something our good friend, our confidant, our brother, he's he's written and not, and and it's just kind of floating around. Uh, I'm gonna shit all over it. <laughs> Let's run him through the ringer. <laughs> Kayla. When, um, based off what I hear, I hear the word bishop, and I think we're gonna play chess. But then I hear Selby, and I think it's uh, the mystery files of Shelby Wu. So I'm assuming Shelby Wu is playing chess in this game. If Shelby Wu is playing chess in this, this, would, this if, is going to be if great. There, if there is no Shelby Wu playing chess in this game, zero out of ten. Yes. <laughs> we'll find out. Oh, if, if Shelby's not a bishop, Shelby Wu, Bishop Shelby Wu, Archdeacon, Archbishop. Hello. This thing happened to me a few months ago. I just need to share it with somebody. Sounds Not like, getting... <laughs> Go ahead. Sounds like... Um, sounds like... Oh, gosh. What's the story that it opens with just that? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I, Most read creepypastas? It. Oh, no. This is Hello. the opening to Barbie.avi. Okay. Already done with the story. Leaving. Goodbye. Not getting into CCAD was a big blow to my ego. Since I received that news, my plans of where I might go from here with my life have been shot to shit. Many of my days revolve around half-heartedly documenting the lives of my friends with photography. Perhaps it's, perhaps it's not that I'm good. Or, fuck. Perhaps it's I, that I'm not good. Dead palette, are you that... here? <laughs> oh, no, it's just me, Mr. Illiterate. <laughs> I thought oh, she said man. rabbits. <laughs> Rabbit or habit? Or, or such, such a such a style of art doesn't not doesn't appeal to the school. Some might not even consider it art. I'm not sure it is. It of course it's. I find this funny because actually that is the school he went to, um, which is uh, the Columbus College of Art and Design. I think it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. We learned all about this when we were he we we was driving us around Columbus uh, to go to OhioCon, which we were at uh, a little while ago, and uh, mm-hmm. he's just like, "There's a thing that's related to me." Oh, he took us to chill a coffee at one point too. That was fun, especially the yeah. loud karaoke at Jerry's Pizza. I was the best karaokeer there. Yes, because so you jealous. weren't drunk. I know. <laughs> I do such great drunk karaoke. I believe it, Alan. What's your karaoke song? Oh, my song of choice, uh, 100% of the time, is the song Enormous Penis by Da Vinci's Notebook. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I usually just go with the Humpty Dance. Yeah. I actually, that is, that's one of my go-tos as well. Because <laughs> I can't stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. <laughs> I'll eat up all your crackers and your licorice. Oh, you fat girl. Come here, are you Come ticklish? Come here, are you <laughs> Oh my god. Nerds. Uh, Welcome to Huntercook Analysis. (laughs) Welcome to Undercooked Karaoke. Kayla, what's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar. That's a good one. Yeah, I kind of want to do I Touched Myself by the Divinals at some point. (laughs) I I have done that one. I will totally do that song with you if you come visit us, and we will totally do karaoke together. I need someone to do a tribute 
by Tenacious D with yes. me. I, I do that one all the time. Um, me and DeMarcus do that one. And I, I usually enjoy uh, doing uh, duetting uh, Feel Good Ink with people. Someone does the rap, someone does the rap bits, and someone does 2D's bits. See, I do the rap bits for uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, <laughs> that'll be fun. Alan, we're gonna do that. Hell yes. But my go-to solo is actually pretty lame. It's the Sloop John B. <laughs> with no direction in my life, my parents made an executive decision to take me to preview a college called OWU which is in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and obviously doesn't have as strong of a photography department as an art school would. Excuse Bless me. Bless you. Bless you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ouch. Alan, do not hurt my baby like that. It's, uh, amongst all my friends... Ch- I think you chased him off. Amongst all Damn. my friends, anytime anyone sneezes, it's just, stop it. <laughs> but the sneezes. Mm, I knew somebody who would say curse. Now. I knew somebody who would say curse you instead of bless you. We asked them why. They're like, because you're spreading germs everywhere. You don't bless them for that. <laughs> uh, during one party, a guy kept sneezing. Uh, Brad kept sneezing. And it kept escalating. I was like, stop it. Stop it now. And as an aside, I was pretty wildly drunk, so much so that I like kept getting like increasingly angry until I flipped the fucking table. <laughs> oh my god! Jesus. I just pictured that, just like motherfucker, just table fly. Why are you? So now angry? I don't want to say. Now I don't want to say that my parents embarrass me, but my parents embarrass me. <laughs> So after much convincing on my part, I took the road trip from Indiana to Ohio with a friend, Andy. The only stipulation was that I had to document my trip. See, it's the opposite in my life. I embarrass my mom. <laughs> like, Kayla, do you have to wear that shirt? Yes, I want to wear my tucktail shirt. Fuck you. See, You're a disgrace to this family. It's typically, it's typically me and my dad embarrassing my mom. <laughs> That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of how it is in my house, too. <laughs> uh, let's see. On the way there, we shot the shit about life, drinking, women, drinking with women, drinking women, women drinking, normal high school stuff. Power thirst now comes <laughs> in women! <laughs> <laughs> women, the tr- new brand of Coca-Cola. Hey, sorry, Dead Palette. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get through this. Somehow. Somehow. It was turning out to be an okay day, but Andy would occasionally bring up photography in college, subjects I didn't want to talk about. Andy may be a good listener, but he doesn't understand how to be sensitive to a situation. So I'd shift the discussion to music, then he'd tell me about new bands I need to listen to, and then I'd promise I would. I wouldn't. Never. The documentation of this trip was supposed to be the total package. Uh, you know, I'm surprised he hasn't uh, done a video or a, like a narration version of this uh, yeah. uh, Bishop Selby yet because yeah, I can definitely so far, hear his voice in this. Me too. So far, yeah, so far this is definitely dead palette. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very, very real. Um, the should whole be, thing. Should we be reading this like dead palette from now on? We could try. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. David, the I school, want you to attend. The gas stations where we ate. Surrounding areas, 
Holy shit. Whoa. Was that close? That was... Damn, son. <laughs> I did listen to the podcast for three friggin' weeks That's in a row. true. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, can't get my, uh, I can't get my voice that low, so... Uh, Man. Let me... Let, I'm gonna try, okay? Although, I think we should... If we do that, we're not gonna pay attention to the story. That's a problem. <laughs> All right, well, we'll just we'll just read it. Normally. I feel bad about meeting someone whose impression of me is three weeks of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I'm going to do a show with David, who tries to keep things on things on track. Dead palette, who's very very dry, but uh, very like uh, very very well dry. critical of the stories, and uh, and uh, a derailing meme lord. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's George. And then there's George. But definitely not Nate. Not Nate. Nope. Uh, the school, gas stations, where we, where we ate, surrounding areas. I'm not sure if my parents really wanted to know that much about the area or not. I think it's more that they wanted my photography, which consists of stage performances of shitty punk bands and general debauchery of my friends over into a constructive realm. This wasn't the way to do it. The first thing I shot was Andy and myself in front of the car on, on with a timer and tripod. After all, it was technically my first day going to this school, even though it was just a college tour, and it's tradition to take a picture when you're packed and ready to go. I shot a few other things. I am not emulating Dead Palette. I can <laughs> try, but I realized if I wanted to... If I wanted to emulate him more accurately, I'd need to stumble over way more sentences. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, you. shit. The man, the man at the gas station listening to rap with black letter font D on his shirt. I didn't get, get it, and he wasn't too happy to be shot. Wait, is that written right? Is he talking about the camera still? Yes, or? he's talking about the camera. Okay. He's taking pictures okay. of things. <laughs> I'm sorry, shot, deep. He, he did not enjoy me. Like people with guns. I, 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 that wasn't really written well. I'm sorry, TP. A giant dam that had some of the those Irish rock walls in the fields below it. Oh, and abandoned farm houses. One cannot be a photographer without shooting abandoned farmhouses. Okay, the grammar in this is fucking bothering me. <laughs> Like, the period, like, there's periods where there shouldn't be periods, and there's commas where there shouldn't be commas. To be fair, the narrator is a photographer and not an English major. Yeah, that there's is that true. to consider. <laughs> it, it is true. And Dead Palette is illiterate, so. Yeah, to be fair, the author is a photographer and is an artist <laughs> and not an English major. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. It was around noon when I got done shooting those houses, and I was tired, and tired of driving. Andy offered to drive while I took a nap. I did just that. I napped. Which is exactly what he's doing right now. I napped while playing Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up on campus, but not in a car. It was hot and humid, as if it had been raining. My shirt was wet with dew and sweat. My cell and wallet were nowhere to be found. 
and my DSLR, the new D5100, my mother bought me for Christmas, was no longer strapped around my neck. In its place was a beat-up black Azahi Pentax with a 50mm lens and no lens cover. After finding resistance when cycling forward in the film, I knew I had one roll of film loaded and ready. Some shots had apparently been taken. Is this like the photography student equivalent to like waking up and finding one of your kidneys missing? I, I guess <laughs> it is. <laughs> the first picture, the first thing I saw when I came, the first thing I saw on the camera roll was a sign that said, "We've taken your camera. Call the police, or you're gonna." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, it's uh, definitely disorienting, which I kind of like, that he just wakes up and he's in this weird place and he's got a thing. Uh, the first thing I saw when I came to, to has a giant building that said Selby Field 1929. Unsure of how to orient myself after waking up, I just snapped a picture of the monolithic structure that towered above me and walked on to find something, someone that went to the school. It was only after taking the first shot the shocking aspect of the situation set in. It was almost as if letting the light and shadow hit the photosensitive film allowed the situation I was in to process in my mind. I desperately patted my pockets again, looking for my cell phone and wallet, which I already knew were missing. So he's just kind of like in a daze, and he's just like, oh, okay, snap. And he's like, whoa, wait, hold on. What the fuck? What the fuck? I'd like to leave a quick note here. I think... The story would definitely open better if it kind of opened with that, rather than all the stuff before it. Like, uh, like just opening with him waking up, and then... Yeah. The, there is a... Know. I've been... You know, I, I've been told by, like, writing professors, uh, when you're writing a story, um, like, take out the first, like, a first page, or, like, uh, how many number of words. Because you want to begin with the exciting part. Right, but um, this is very much a dead pilot story because it opens with a bunch of banal details, you know? Yeah. This isn't, that is true. This isn't necessarily trying this... to tell a narrative story as much as it is someone relating an account of a weird thing that happened. Yeah. This is very much in the vein of this is cre what creepypasta used to be. Very much in the vein of Ashcan horror. Ah. <laughs> uh... You know, actually, come to think about it, this does actually sound like someone who did, was saying, like, if you were, they were talking to you or they were, like, saying, this is a weird thing that happened, and they usually would add those banal details at the beginning. Yeah. At the same time, I think it, the banal parts probably could be tightened up a little bit, because this beginning bit does get to drag with the banal details for a while. Hmm. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it opening with a little bit, because, like, in that case, you're right, it's anecdotal, and eventually they get to the interesting part, but if it goes on too long, you know, you start to lose me. Well, the stuff he started mm -hmm. to take pictures of, like, uh, for example, like, uh, those might be relevant later on. Yeah, that's true, too. Well, we'll see what happens. If it is relevant, then great. If not, it it wasn't worth it. Um, the well, panic got... was really... Go ahead. No, no, I was about to say, you have next paragraph, so... I know, that's why I'm starting to read. <laughs> I, that was my Way bad. Way to interrupt me, David. That was my bad. Go. Please. I love you, you guys with mom and dad keep fighting on the podcast. <laughs> You're tearing this podcast apart. Can we eat dinner? <laughs> Don't you, make David. me turn this car around. <laughs> that's one of the my panic? favorites. I don't remember what it was in reference to, but something happened once, and I was like, it's like mommy and daddy 
have stopped fighting, but we don't know if it's cool to start eating dinner again yet. (laughs) (laughs) The panic was really setting in. I began to think what could have caused this to happen. Why did mom and dad start fighting? Uh, Sorry. Uh, I only remember going to sleep in the car. No one was in sight, so I headed towards some larger buildings, sure that someone had to be around. It made sense that the streets were lifeless as it was Sunday and shitty outside. I love that line. (laughs) Because it was Sunday and shitty outside. (laughs) This didn't ease my mind. I kept waking up with no... Oh, sorry. Wow, I I think I'm the new Brandon right now. (laughs) Because I am just failing miserably. I mean, you are filling in for him. That's true, I am. I knew waking up with no recollection of how you got to where you woke isn't good. Talking to somebody wouldn't reveal any good news. I came to a building with a sign that read Powerhouse, which looked to be a generator of some sort. Nearing the building, it seemed to give off massive amounts of heat. It could have been that I just started walking and so my blood got circulating, but I started to develop a headache around that place. I even got a little bit of an iron taste in my mouth. Not like a blood taste, but like I had been licking a crowbar that had been left out in the sun all day. <laughs> you must know that from experience. Yeah, that's awfully well, specific. I mean, our narrator must. I, but I actually like the fact that he said not like a blood taste, because a lot of uh, bad creep crosser writers will say, it felt like I had an iron taste in my mouth as a way to say, yes, we get it, you got blood in your mouth. Yeah. But the fact that he put that in was like, okay... Smart move. <laughs> Not like a blood taste. This isn't in your usual creepy pasta. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> As I approached the place in the off chance that some maintenance person would be hanging around, the feeling of iron and sickness intensified. Not wanting to pump my blood any faster than it was going, I tread softly away from the building. I like that detail, actually, about the powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Whether or not there's an explanation for it, I don't think there needs to be. Just a, a building that gives off this stuff. It just further adds to the sur- surrealness of the whole situation. Close to the powerhouse was a relatively nondescript building. I didn't hesitate to go inside. Somewhere in the chain of command, they'd know I was coming. However, no one was inside. I questioned whether that was normal. They do have a relatively small student body and a good amount of space. Maybe people were just practicing elsewhere. Now, I'm not sure what held me back from doing this, but I didn't yell out for anyone. About the time I reached the basketball court, I realized I hadn't thought to yell out for someone, or rather, I was afraid to, as if it would be dangerous. I stopped dead near the middle of the court not long after shooting it. My creaking might have given away my position as it was a loud and old building. Sorry, I think I read my bit out of order because the Skype chat order is confusing me because it has Alan listed first, so somehow in the back of my mind I thought he went already. Oh, okay. No, it's it's fine. (laughs) We'll we'll keep it that order uh, going forward just to maintain the the status quo, I guess. I don't know. So I go after Akira or I go after Alan? Um, go. My name is Akira now? I don't, I'm trying. I was gonna call Caleb. you Canary, and then I got confused. I don't. Know. No, I got confused because I was like, wait a minute. When did when did Kira Buckland get here? I only, I only just know. To straighten, just to straighten it all out, so no one's embarrassed. She's Kira. 
I'm oh, Slime God. Beast. Uh, <laughs> I'm... Uh, our host I'm... here is Dead Palette. <laughs> yes. I was about to say and... I'm Dustin Kosky, but... And you... And I'm Spaghetti Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god, it's the Wario to the pasta shade. The spaghetti. Why have you been neglecting me for so long, David? Oh my god. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll get you in a story one of these days, Spaghetti Spectre. Don't worry about it. Right, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I'm the Fettuccine Phantom. Is this the family reunion? (laughs) No, get out. That's next door. (laughs) Be right over. The provolone presence arrives. Hey guys. <laughs> provolone presence. What's going on? You heard it here first, folks. Expanded Midnight Marinara mar- <laughs> meta narrative being developed in the off season. I hope you're it's gonna happy. Be, it's gonna be bigger. It's gonna be bigger than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You guys. <laughs> so much bigger. So so huge. Then I heard a singular creak. It came from the stairwell I was I was just in. It wasn't that audible, but in the stillness of the place, a place that seemed trapped in another time period, it stood out like a freshman at a senior party. My heart sunk at the noise. My mind twisted and contorted that minute creak on the wood stairs into a security guard, then to an angry jock, then into a monster, then into an even worse monster. That headache that lingered since I looked at the powerhouse forced me carefully to my knees. The irrational thought gave me gave way to a more sensible one. Maybe it was Andy. With no recourse, which is a situation I find myself in often, I bit my lip and moved towards the stairwell. As I got close, I heard creaks again, clear and crisp steps going progressively up the stairs. I followed them to the top, where I found an odd dead end. It was as if something was planned for the floor, but not ex- not executed. Looking out the window at the top of the stairs felt strange. It was just uh, I was looking at some optical illusion with no payoff, like I was being tricked, but everything made sense. The best way I could describe it was like the magician teller stomping out a cigarette and lighting another when it's really the same cigarette. The end result was the same, but something in the process of the light beams going from the object to my eyes was off. I felt like putty and the sudden urge to use the bathroom. Uh, so am I going next, or is Alan going next? Go for it. All right. Recklessly, I moved down the stairs looking for a bathroom. I found only lockers, so I entered the boys' room. It was so dark that I had to use my external camera flash to find my way at points. Something is off about the photos I took there that I didn't notice at the time. I was getting ready to piss and rinse off my face with fresh cold water when the loud sound of a locker opening jostled my senses. That sound was quickly followed by the sound of a locker door being ripped off of the locker itself. Uh-oh. I'm glad he clarified. Rinse off my face with fresh cold water after saying getting ready to piss and. <laughs> <laughs> so you hadn't pissed yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me figure out what's going, what's going on. He just woke up in the car, found that Maybe. his camera's been stolen. No. Yeah. He didn't wake up in a car. He just woke up in the middle of, uh, like, a field. Okay, he woke school. up in the middle of a field with a random camera <laughs> in place of his other camera. He goes to a powerhouse, found something strange, uses the bathroom. I, 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 would, send, I, I would hope there would be a bit, 
I, w- I kind of wish there was a ben- bit more sense of dread or worry during this. It's surreal, but, like, you know. Yeah, but it's, like, I- I'm trying to figure out, like, if if my all my shit was stolen, I'd be, sur- I'd be freaking out throughout this whole thing. I'm surprised the narrator is so calm throughout this. It's giving me the impression, because, like, I'm, there's, there's just a, there's a certain lack of cohesion to everything that's going on. It just seems like a, it's giving me the impression that, like, the guy suddenly tripping on Daytura or Angel's Trumpets, and he's just having, like, a, a, a delirium high right now. Because mm-hmm. I have this sense of disorientation where I'm not quite sure. It's like I have a vague picture of what's going on, but I, it's not, I can't quite grasp it yet. Yeah, the disorientation, yeah. the disori- the disorienting factor is actually i think what's working for the story it's kind of like what what but we're, we're supposed to be disoriented because the narrator is disoriented but why is the uh, i mean is there a reason why oh we we can assume he's been drugged that explains like the metal taste and everything well i mean yeah, maybe probably. maybe we're, right now we just we're just look we're, we're looking for answers and knowing Knowing what I know about uh, about Dead Palette style, we might we're, we're probably not going to get all the answers. It's going to be a weird. No, thing. but I, I I'd like to get an idea of why is it why are we disoriented? Because the writing is disoriented, and it's obviously supposed to create this feeling of disorientation. But what's the cause of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it just happens for the sake of it, then it'll. Versus if we find out, oh, okay, or we, we can, like, extrapolate somehow, okay, this is why, this is what happened, this is why I experienced this, without necessarily answering all all the questions, but leaving enough there that we can kind of make a little bit of sense of what's going on. Otherwise, this seems like it might just be happening for the sake of it. And that's actually a thing Dead Palette taught me about writing. Um, the best thing to have in a horror story is a handful of possible answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I remember you reiterated that on a lot of the podcasts. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe the whole thing about him saying like uh, he felt metal in his mouth, like a metal taste in his mouth, like a crowbar. Um, maybe that's why there's the disorientation. But I feel like I don't know. I think that's what it, maybe the idea is he was drugged or he was smacked in the head, but he doesn't remember any of it. I don't know. It's just a little. Okay. I think it's a little too vague right now. Yeah. But that, those those questions might be answered in time. Cause mm. We're only about halfway through, so. That door was then thrown far about the top of the lockers, and I could vaguely make it out in the dark. Then the footsteps. They moved in my direction with an ever-present dragging sound, following not far behind. A moment later. Another locker door was torn and thrown. I did my best to sneak down under another row of lockers. When I was directly across from whatever was tearing off those locker doors, in another row of lockers, it let out a shriek that quickly died into a huffing, almost panting sound. As I, assu- as I assume its mouth closed, I heard a cracking noise, as if its skin was stretching a massive amount to give birth to that intimidating cry. I lost control of my body and violently shivered at the sound, my face, my face crying against the ground. And I'm not embarrassed to say that after that, I started peeing my pants. I was sure this cry was designed to disempower me while it hunted me down. If you what the hell's, what the hell's okay, going man? on over there? What? Are you being kidnapped? No, that's not for me. 
You okay, Alan? Huh? Yeah, I'm fine. What? <laughs> who, who's you sound, like you, you sound like you got a barroom brawl going on over there. Uh, my chair fell back a little bit, and I had to adjust. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried you were being kidnapped by a, a monster that was throwing locker doors around. Uh, well, he was, like, reenacting. He was acting out what you were reading. <laughs> yeah, this is becoming an impromptu. Oh, he's the Foley artist for Midnight Marinara, just so you guys know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It continued to sh- tear shit apart and occasionally cry out with increased frequency. In between shrieks, I crawl under the wide locker benches. Okay, now we're getting a sense of something is stalking our narrator. It just came into the bathroom and just started ripping locker doors off. I like that we don't see it, whatever it is. Yeah. As the streaks yeah. around the corner and started making their way back in my row of lockers, their power intensified. They began to fog my thoughts and force my eyes closed. They had the effect of a viper poison, but in audible form. I struggled to keep my eyes open as it approached my tear, sweat, and piss stains. <laughs> it stomped on the stains with, the, with hoof and feet barely viewable under a rope. It drug Andy by one foot. Ooh. That was the last time I saw Andy. His face looked as if it had been curb stomped by a gang of thugs. Oh, God. His arms were broken, alluding to a pointless defense of his head and face. I went out then, waking to a pile of puke beside my face an indeterminable amount of time later. Ooh. Yikes. If only only he'd had his friend there to uh, wipe puke out of his airways. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> welcome to callback analysis um <laughs> oh my god do you think do you, do you, that is quite an image do you yeah. think the sound became weirdly muted when the monster stalked by <laughs> okay i hope not uh the thing seemed to be gone a blood trail was left leading out of the locker room as if andy's body was a paintbrush loaded to the barrel with a Alizarin in crimson paint. Yikes. I went back to the bathroom section in the back of the room in a vain attempt to clean myself up. Moving out of the locker room, I saw the blood trail lead to a room in open view of the main entrance slash exit, and I heard snoring coming from that room. I tiptoed into the women's locker room, hoping to find another way out of the building. It didn't take long for me to find a way out, but I was surprised how many women's shoes were in there. My... By this point, I figured that the only thing around that the only thing around were that thing, Andy's dead body, and myself. But here were a mass of women's shoes. Okay. And dawn on me, I just walked into my mother's closet. <laughs> turns out, uh, turns out we had I had actually stumbled onto the set of Krampus, and uh, <laughs> um. So hold on, let me let me wrap my head around this. So. He went out of the bathroom and came to the back room. Where's the section in the back room? Then he went out of the locker room and saw a blood trail lead to a room in open view of the main entrance exit. And he heard snoring. So when he tiptoes to the women's locker room, is he not going to where the, the snoring is coming from? I guess mm-hmm. that's fair, because he wants to avoid... Hoping to find another way out of the building, yeah. Presumably the trail of blood is the, where the monster took Andy, so... Okay. Yeah. And then as he's on his way out of the building, he just finds a big mass of women's shoes. Okay. Cool. I just, uh, rapid, okay, I'm just trying to get a sense of the, of, of time and space in this weird, spaceless, timeless 
Escher-esque building. All right, anyway. Anywho. <clears throat> Once outside of the building, I ran as fast as I could, no longer concerned with the creaks and sounds that building made when someone traversed in it. I ended up in a lecture hall. I seemed out of my time period. I'm not used to historical architecture. It was empty and dated, like the hotel in The Shining, the one directed by Kubrick. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's outside the building. He ran as fast as he could. And then he ends up in a lecture hall. Wait, what? This is so dream. Where is this he? is this thing is really dreamlike. So I mean, yeah. Maybe maybe this yeah. is a dream. Maybe he's having a dream. Go ahead. Sorry, Alan. The experience was, for lack of a better word, backwards. When I reached the second floor of the building, I began to wonder what I should do. I could be anywhere on campus, but I seemed trapped in another dimension. I wondered why I even bothered going upstairs in such a place. I just documented what happened to the best of my abilities. Hmm. So it seems like he went outside, but did end up back inside. Because what he's saying is the experience was backwards. It's like I was in a different dimension. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think maybe that was intentional. Seems that way. I think David has it pegged that it's kind of dream-like and or drug trip-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let me see. Oh, here we go. Then I heard the front door open. I looked for a place to hide. I entered a single bathroom with a door that led to a seemingly hidden area. Everything was covered in dust. I shut the door and turned on the light bulb to find boxes, crates, and a ladder that led to a hole in the ceiling. The crates had what looked like old-timey booze. The bathtub hooch. Like bathtub hooch. Oddly enough, the boxes had prohibitionist propaganda signs, banners, and and whatnot from a long time ago. I didn't have time to analyze what it was. I just climbed up the ladder to, in fear that the creature had followed me. Okay. I didn't waste time documenting where I came out, but it had signs indicating that it was the administration building. I was on the first floor. I exited a different building than I entered. I seem to have climbed up to the first floor of a building with the second floor of another building. There it is. I ran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's That's all kind of confirmation of... Yeah, that, like, nothing is as it seems here, and he's just, no matter where he goes, he's coming from, like, different places. Yep. I ran north, I think, and found a creek. I followed it up the hill until I saw it in the distance, in a robe with a goat-like horn coming out of a broken skull. I don't think it saw me, but I ran. I ran all the way past Selby Field to a walking path where I calmed down at. No sooner had I come down when I heard someone or something coming up the other side of the path towards me. I turned around, and long story short, I ended up in the admin building again. Yeah, this is getting increasingly trippy. So now we have, <clears throat> he's being followed by a robe, a creature in a robe, which we established earlier, and it had, I guess it's got some sort of skull mask or skull face with the horns. and. Okay. Hoops. Lots and lots of shoes. So many shoes. And it's probably played by Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> yes. Bonus points if you get that horror movie reference. And then I shave my eyebrows. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) 
and by the way, you're welcome. <laughs> and if you choose to use any of my spells, for whatever reason, you're welcome. <laughs> Remember, always believe in magic. Or, or I'll kill you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was a great episode. Mm-hmm. I was. Welcome to MST Analysis. Um, <laughs> One of these days. One of these days, Alan. One of these days, MST analysis, where we analyze the people who analyze films by riffing on them. <laughs> I wanted to curl up and die. I'm reading from the story. I'm not referring to what you just said. Okay, thank you. I wanted to curl up and die. I tried to hide in the men's bathroom, but it was locked, so I checked the girls' room. I was shocked to find girls there. No, I was shocked to find the window <laughs> area to be an opening to a somewhat familiar sight. Hey, I'm getting drunk. Are there any girls there? <laughs> yes, there are lots of girls. Okay, are there any girls there? I want to do them. Okay, yes, and you're, you're also very drunk. I just rolled for you. All right. <laughs> I crawled through and tripped. I found He's already tripping. I found myself at the abandoned farmhouse I had shot earlier. The bathroom was gone. I looked around and went up close to the house, which I hadn't done before. I took one final shot that day from outside of the empty house. So he's just kind of gone, he's, fuck it, at this point, and has gone back to just taking what photographs. Just, what if he's this, is my, running, this is my happy place. What if he's just running through a photography role? He could be. Like the Fell fact that those, none of the buildings seem to sync up. What if he's actually just running through a roll of film? Huh. Huh. Just a thought. thought. Just a thought. Then I went inside. Wait, is that what just got read? Or... No. No? Okay. No. That's good. Then I went inside. I tried to check the basement, but it was locked. I then checked upstairs. I heard rustling outside. I caught a glimpse of that thing out the back window and freaked. I ran to the other side of the upstairs and saw my car in front of the house. I opened the window and dangled myself outside it to brace for the impact of jumping when its shriek dropped me to the ground. I limped into the unlocked car and the key was in the ignition. I started it and I drove off. I limped to the side like my leg was broken, shaking and twitching kind of like I was smoking. <laughs> my palms were sweaty, knees weak, arms were heavy. Of course. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> David. Oh, sorry. I stayed at a hotel. I showered. I had the film developed. Some of the shots I took on, on my missing camera were on the film in analog form. I filed a missing person report for Andy, but I knew he wouldn't turn up, obviously. When I made it home, my parents explained that it turned out I had been accepted to uh, CCAD. There was a mix-up. $35,000. That's right, right? Sorry. Dollar scholarship, too. I didn't care to explain what had happened. I just rested up for the oncoming school year. Damn. Yeah. 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 How about that? Once my first year at CCAD, I probably am saying that wrong, was well underway, I did some digging into OWU. I found out about George D. Selby. According to some of the older locals around the campus area, it's a not-so-hidden secret that he was a prohibitionist in public, but he ran a bootlegging business behind the scenes. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but I thought I'd let you know. I suppose I did document the trip. I might have looked up that band Andy told me about if I remember its name. 
It's more than two months since that happened, and I haven't gone back there, nor do I plan to. Okay, and uh, and there's a collection of photos. Yep, mm-hmm. a huge collection of photos. I think some of the beginning is not needed. Like, um, like uh, you know how you mentioned, uh, Mike, you mentioned like there's all these extra details that it kind of drags a little. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't pick anything in. I think it could be taken out. Um, in terms of the disorientation, I'm trying to find a reason for it. It's hard to. I think if he could have given a bit more... Well, hmm. Because I keep thinking of the metallic taste like a crowbar. So he could have been hit by a crowbar and that could have led to disorientation. But I would have liked to see a bit more panic. You guys don't suck on crowbars while you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I used to, but mom made me quit. It was when I was a kid. Well, uh, I switched to hammers. Ball-peen hammers? Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and it did not click with me earlier on that he was on campus. That did, I did not realize they were on campus so, already. Yeah, the weird thing is, though, some something did happen because he ended up with the, all the photos he took during this weird uh, dream crazy situation. So I'm a yeah. reliable narrator for sure, but he's got the photo. Fo- yeah. He's got these strange photos to back it up. Um, I'll just say this is definitely a dead palette story. Oh God. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and it's good. Yeah. I, I it's, actually it's like good. it. I, I think he needs to straighten it up a bit though. Like, yeah. There, there's a lot of extraneous details that are not needed. I think the character could be a bit more panicked. I feel like his writing in general has gotten tighter over time because this was—I uh, don't remember when he wrote this, but uh, it's definitely, I think, an older one of his older stories. And uh, he's written old, some of his older stories. I really like too the shorter ones. This is a, definitely on a longer side. But I feel, again, I feel like uh, his writing and his direction have gotten tighter over time. And while I think this is good, um, I feel like there's other stories of his that I like better, like a lot better. The, I'm trying to kind of piece together what might have what actually been going on. I, the impression I get, because like, he and his buddy Andy were going... Were they going to the campus? That's where they were. Yeah, I, I, from what I get, there was he was going to OWU uh, with his buddy Andy to do a college tour. I did not realize that they got there. Yeah, it seems, or I'm not sure if they actually got there or if they were tricked into going to the wrong campus or they ended up at the wrong place or something, or they ended up on campus while it was closed for the day. The impression I get is that he was asleep. Andy Andy got them the rest of the way there. Somebody was at the campus who wasn't supposed to be there, and was like, I'm, I'm thinking of like uh, some a couple of classic uh, campfire tales, like that are that are similar to what I think was going on, where they go to this place and there's a killer there who's not supposed to be there, and he gets to drop on them, probably drug them both, and he was busy killing Andy, and while he was busy killing Andy, not expecting the narrator to wake up he wakes up and starts wandering while he's tripping balls thinking he's got a different camera it's not sure where he is and the place is all twisted around and he's got this monster chasing him who's also dragging his dead his buddy's dead body around 
So I'm like, if, if that's, that's like my interpretation I'm getting from this, trying to make sense of what was going on behind the scenes that there was. Yeah. That's, I have the same interpretation. I think um, he, what he's doing and it, it is a smart writing technique, especially for this is to give a, only a little bit of detail and have you guess, but I, yeah. or, but I, but I think with this type of story, or not this type of story, but I think he just needs a couple more details, just just a couple. Yeah, he needs. I mean, it needs to be tightened up a little bit, and I want to say explain just a little bit more so that we have a better sense of horse. But because like the way the way it is right now, we're kind of grasping at, tra- at straws a little bit. I might be completely off. Well, I no, like... I, I'm with you. I'm with you throughout the whole thing. I'm agreeing with you throughout right. the whole thing. Where, well, the only place I would disagree is I feel like that's the intention. We're supposed to be just left wondering what, what, what. what? But, but, but there's, but there's no reason behind it though, David. Yeah, but yeah I, dude, you, I, I can't, I can't. Uh, it's like if I think there is some, there's something going on behind this, and it, he just hasn't brought it to the surface enough for the average reader to catch it yet. Right, which is why. And like there should, it's like something like this, you'd have a certain amount of digging you have to do to kind of figure out, which I like, but I don't think this story's quite reached that point yet. I think it needs another draft or two before it finally gets there, where it's just right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story it seems itself like it's heading is, in the right direction. Exactly, the story itself is actually a good one. I like the fact that um, the writing style is fantastic. I just think it does need to be tighter. I think yeah. there's the, those ex- details like near the beginning are a bit extraneous and are not needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get to the action a bit quicker. Um, but I mean, I'm not the rest of it. But I mean, in terms of like the storytelling and um, what's happening, I like it. I really do. This is and like I, I mean, I, I know Brandon's writing well, and I, yeah, I can tell it's definitely him. And I have and I have always liked his style. I could tell this is though an early draft. Yeah, I like I like the idea behind it. It's just the execution needs a bit more tweaking, I think. And you said that he's done productions of his other all his other works except for this one. Yeah, well, most the majority of the things he's done are just. Uh, are usually either art pieces or uh, video pieces uh, of stories he's written himself. Yeah. Okay. So the one reason he might not have gotten to this one yet, you might just not gotten around to it, or he might still be might still be not sure about it. That might be why he hasn't uh, done anything with this one yet. Well, he'll have to tell us the next time he's around and not sleeping and playing Overwatch <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I like the pictures that are accompanying at the bottom. Yes. Um, while this is, um, for those of you who want to see the, the pictures, uh, there will be a link in the description of this episode uh, to this this story, as always, just to give a sense of. Yeah, uh, and uh, from what I'm reading, from what I'm reading right now, Dead Palette wrote this in 2013. Oh yeah, it's been a while, and I know he's become a better writer since then. Mm. He and... probably, he probably, you know, the thing is, he probably took the pictures and then. Uh, crafted the story to go around them. I think so, too. I probably had this surreal idea. Uh, a couple of the later, latter pictures, especially the last two, kind of show, like, you know, the landscape of the school uh, slowly but surely becoming a different landscape, like the fact that the bathroom mirror reflects what just a field. And also, my... if I'm reading the edit history of this correctly... Um, someone reverted edits that Dead Palette has made to this story. Oh, really? So that's weird. That is weird. That's a strange thing to do. 
Hmm. Yep. Well, this is only <laughs> one instance of this. Um, I, I, like I said, I grabbed a particular link to a specific place. I assume there's a, there's a couple others um, in different places. Like, uh, I don't think it's just to that uh, creepypasta wiki. Yeah, the revisions, the, the undid some uh, fixes that were uh, some typos and such. Oh, okay. Like, I guess he went in to fix some stuff and then something wasn't still or he or he was he was like dead tired or something the fixes were weird so unless someone uh, else tried admin to went tweak it. yeah well no it says dead palettes edits he had a bunch of words that were grammatically incorrect and one of the admins went in and fixed them or undid undid the changes i guess that he made oh i don't know but it's it's like grammatical stuff that's all it is okay fair enough well, um, I think we've given it a fair a fair cop. Like I said, um, I guess if I was going to give this a rating, I would say I will give this uh, nine rabbits out of a warren. <laughs> I will give it nine jackoffs out of a quarter. <laughs> uh, I would give it... Um... A Symmetra out of a tracer. Jesus. That's I don't know if that's a ship. But oh, we all you know, know what? that it, Brandon's ship is uh, uh, I'll, I'll give it uh, I'll give it a Farah out of a Mercy. Okay. There you go. Justice reigns from above. I get it. Six out of ten pizza fingers. <laughs> Aces. He ate, you ate the other four? Yeah, I, just, I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just I couldn't wait, so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that concludes our analysis of Bishop Selby. If you enjoyed this episode, please, uh, you know, consider giving us uh, some support. Like us and uh, give us a review on iTunes. Give us an upvote. Or not upload. What do they do on iTunes? They give you ratings. There's like five-star ratings. Love us. Show us you love us. Or if you don't, tell us why you don't love us, and we'll understand. Or we might or not. Or cry. Either Probably way, cry. we might cry. Um, once again, uh, and then, of course, the other fine folks on this show all do their own things as well. Um, I know we did plugs not too long ago when we did our previous episode. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything you all want to share with the rest of the class? Um, I may or may not have something new up on my Pergamentum channel uh, since this last video. Oh. So, yeah. Sweet. That was fast. Bravo. Alan, Alan is nothing if not a hard-working story man. Yeah. Is that what I am? <laughs> That's what I've decided you are. <laughs> Whether or not you accept that is up to you. Um... And uh, and and uh, Kayla, is there anything new coming up for the uh, for the artist tree? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, um, I got a new. I got some. Uh, I, I've been starting back up again. Uh, so now there's actually episodes coming out every Tuesday. Um, you can check it out at BendViewNetwork.com/artistry. One word. Excellent. 
Um, what reviews do we have, or what, not reviews, but what interviews do we have to look forward to? Uh, well, because I'm trying to think when this will come out. Um, uh, I'd say about well, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now? Okay, so by that time, I probably uh, I probably would have had just posted um, Alan's interview, hopefully. Aha! Hmm. And then um, I'm actually, uh, I'm interview is actually coming up. I got I should be one with Dustin Kosky. Dustin. We just read one of his stories. Yeah, we just featured him. That's convenient. Yeah. I know, which will be awesome. And then, um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I've I've been trying to connect with others right now and uh, see. And then uh, hopefully, it there should be more as I go. That's exciting. I'm I'm down to hear what Alan has to say and what Dustin has to say. Especially in the wake of these two, these last two episodes. Let me tell you, let me tell you, the things I say in that interview are not even known to me yet. Wow, a lot of scotch that evening. <laughs> and uh, and Mike, just to refresh people's memories about what you do. Uh, I do a little bit of everything. I mostly write adventure fiction and comics. Uh, anything I do and have links to on the internet, I compile in my little online portfolio. Oh which is called, uh, you can visit at uh, mikestoybox.net. Ooh, cool name. I got, I got photos of uh, toy and video game collections there. I host links to my horror fiction and other weird essays and writings there. I have three books that were published last year. There's links where you can buy all of those on there as well, and the book the bookmarks tab. I, pretty much anything I do it go, goes up on there for me to share with everybody, for better or worse. So Excellent. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, I don't have a good sense of an outro for this one because normally there's just more banter going on but I think we're all just kind of sitting here scratching our heads going oh that was weird I, I feel like I just took drugs we could all spout a non-sequitur I guess alright everybody in the same order we read in so taco salad um, Margaret Thatcher. Loopy McGoopin. Giant orange penis. <laughs> Leave it. Ended on a classy note as always. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. No problem. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.